Hi, this is Lori, your host of Happiness Hangout, a space to come and elevate your happiness levels. You, me, and our guests will discuss and help you apply happiness to all aspects of your life, even if you're already happy. Get your daily boost of information to help you feel your best. Well, hello, everybody. This is Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout. So glad to be with you this Wednesday evening. Please forgive me. I have a little bit of a cold and I am getting through it. So I apologize if my voice sounds funny or I have to do a little sneeze or a cough here and there, but we'll do our best not to let that happen. So um, in three years, this is the first time I'm ever doing a show without a guest. And that is going to be quite different for me. So um, I hope that we have a lot of fun tonight and I hope that you uh, have your mind open for a really cool conversation that that, uh, we're going to have even if we're not talking live. So what I have selected for tonight, as you know, we always talk about relationship happiness. Well, tonight we're going to talk about how do we use happiness to bring more love into our life. You know, around Valentine's Day, a lot of people get, some people get kind of funny about Valentine's Day. Some people love it. They're in a relationship. They like that kind of stuff. They like the cards. They like the gifts. They like the hearts. They like the whole thing. Other people, it's not such a great day. It reminds them that maybe they don't have that significant other in their life. Maybe they don't have a person that um, they can share, you know, their life's journey with or not even perhaps even dating, seeing anybody at all. So I decided um, during this time, we aren't going to just talk about romantic love. We're going to talk about love in general because there's more than just romantic love out there. And my premise for this show is the more love you put out there, the more that comes back to you. So it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? If you're being a loving person, and we're going to talk about what that really means, and you're really putting that loving person out there in the world, you're emanating love, it's kind of soaring and coming out of you, then you're going to attract more love into your life. And it doesn't matter what kind of love you put out there. If you want to have a romantic love, you can. If you just want more general love and to feel better, that's great too. So because I specialize in happiness, I thought, why not talk about how we use happiness to bring more love into our life? So, excuse me. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about happiness. So you know the basics. Now I have videos on my website on happiness. If you want to go check out any of my stuff, you just go to happinesshangout.net. Um, I've got stuff on there for you, lots of good stuff on there around happiness, articles, blog, resources, etc. But what I like to talk about is the four absolutes of happiness that you have to to know about, because I want you to know the basics. The first thing I want to say to you is if you're trying to be happy, you're trying super hard to be happy. Sometimes people try so hard that it becomes miserable. and That makes no sense, does it? There's no reason that you want to try so hard to be happy that it makes you unhappy. I can show you things that are so easy that you can just incorporate little bits and pieces into your life to make huge changes in terms of your happiness level. So you are emanating that love and bringing love back to you. 
And it's super easy to do. So let's start off with the four basics of happiness. First of all, you may or may not know that you control about half of your happiness, close to 50%. You control about close to 50% of your happiness. You might wonder, well, if I control 50% of my happiness, where does the rest come from? And you know, when I do all my presentations and seminars, people make guesses and it's kind of funny because they say it's from their environment. And that's a really good guess that it could be from your environment. And of course your environment affects you very much so. But really, the other half of your happiness is built within you physiologically. You actually have a happiness meter that is within you, and it's your natural ability to be happy. What I mean by that is some people, they have happiness. They're generally very upbeat. You know those people. Sometimes they annoy you, right? You know these people. They're, they laugh a lot. They smile a lot. They're happy to be around. They have a general disposition that's more positive. Then you meet people who are a little more grumbly. Um, They might um, kind of put off that aura that they're, they look negative. They look at the negative side of life first before they look at anything else. Glass is always half empty. That is how we're born. But the good news is, is that almost 50% of you can make changes to that if you want to change your happiness levels and make them better. And really, Some people like to wallow in unhappiness. They always want to be complaining because they get something out of it. You know, they get either people to feel sorry for them or they don't have to try very hard because they always assume the worst will happen and they just go on living life that way. But why not make it better? It's not hard to do. You're going to have a better life and we're all going to have challenges. I mean, you think, oh, if if I don't feel great mentally, I can never get hurt. Well, you still get hurt anyway. (laughs) So, so what? What you have to know is how to deal with challenges if you're a happy person. That's the key. Challenges are going to happen whether you're happy, sad, mad, glad, doesn't matter. So let me talk to you a little bit about that. So in a minute. So we know that you can change your happiness by about 50%. The next thing that might shock you is money does buy happiness if you don't have enough of it. So in other words, I've read a lot of studies around money and happiness and there are numbers out there like it takes in the US, it takes $125,000 of family income to be happy. It take I've seen 90,000, I've seen 75,000, but here's my take on it. If you have enough money to pay the bills, save a little bit and do some of the things you wanna do, that's the amount of money you need to be happy. When you throw a bunch of money on top of that, it will only raise your happiness level temporarily. Isn't that crazy? It only raises it temporarily. And so there's no number to it. I mean, if if you, if the stats say it's a million dollars to make you happy, but you're in debt two million, then why do the numbers matter? It's just, do you have the things you need to survive and be able to do some of the things you want to do? Over on top of that, it's no big deal. That is why lottery winners, lottery winners are only temporarily happy because they get all these great things. They pay off all these bills. They give money to people they love. They give to charity. It's all exciting. See, when you give to charity, your endorphins go off because you're giving. You're showing gratitude by giving money and your endorphins go off because you're giving to another person or charity. However, 
all these newfangled things that you get. And once everything's paid off, the house gets bigger. It all becomes your new norm. So you become used to that. So if you're in a one-bedroom condo and you move to a five-bedroom home with an in-ground pool, a spa, and an elevator, in a certain amount of time you get used to all that and you you can't even see yourself going back. So your happiness level goes back to where it was unless you do some things to keep it at a higher level. So that's pretty um, enlightening for people because people always wonder, does money buy happiness or not? So there's your answer. The third thing about happiness is that in the long term, relationships mean everything. I'm going to tell you about a study that was done at Harvard. 70, now it's about 78, 78 years ago. Dr. Robert Wallinger of Harvard actually created a study. It was all men, no women, all men in the Boston area of every socioeconomic status. Took 200 men and studied them over a 75-year period. They took mental tests, physical tests, personality tests, psychological tests. They, they had interviews every year. I believe it was twice a year. They did the study. Like I said, all backgrounds of people. JFK was actually in this study. 75 years was up about two, <clears throat> two or three years ago. And the outcome was that out of all things, the primary outcome for all the men was that relationships were super important. What they were saying is you have to have at least one person in your life that you know has your back. You know you can call them at four in the morning. You know you can you can count on them. You, they will be there for you. And oftentimes it was this person's spouse, uh, clergy, a brother, a best friend. But you got to have one relationship you can count on. The other piece of interesting information was friendships. Having a social network was extremely important. To have things to do with people socially, things that you love to do and make connections with other people. So relationships are key to happiness. So think about this. Where do your relationships stand? You don't have to have a loved, you know, a, a spouse in your life. Do you have that a special person you know you can count on? How about family, friends, um, people you meet when you're following your passions or doing things that you love? If you don't have all those things in place, add something. You don't have to add everything, but add something. And that'll raise your happiness level. The last thing that we know about happiness is, oddly enough, maybe this won't surprise you, it's about the experiences, not the stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. It feels good to go buy a new outfit, update your house, all those things. We get a new car. We're excited. But eventually, everything that you have actually becomes, just like the lottery, your new norm. So if it becomes your new norm, it's only temporary happiness. But of course you like new things. It's fun. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's more long-lasting are the relationship or the experiences that you have. So in other words, I, I love water. I, like, I, just, I just got off of a cruise. I love water. I was in the Caribbean Sea. It soothes my soul. It re-energizes me and revitalizes me. And as sick as I am coming home, I'm happy and excited to be doing this show because I just – 
was in one of the number one things that I love, and that's water. I like seeing it, being in it, watching it. <clears throat> so with that being said, I could build a pool, an in-ground, luxury, beautiful pool. But it's experiences around the pool that matter. It's the parties you have, the family you have over, the exercise you get in it, the fun times you have, noticing the pool and how much you love it and the water and the beauty of it. I swim in, uh, my mother-in-law has access to a few swimming pools where she lives. And in the summer, I go to either of them and I pay attention to the sun gleaming on the water, as corny as that sounds, how much I love the way I feel when I'm moving in the water, the look of the water, the sun glistening on the water. I remind myself of those experiences. And the more you're conscious of that, just think about what you like and put more conscious effort towards remembering what you like. And you will stay happier longer every day. It's as simple as that. So focus on the experiences, not the stuff. Interesting, right? Okay, so those are your four absolutes that research has proved about happiness. So now that we know that, what are some other things that we should do to be happy? Well, first of all, there are certain things. There's 15 things in research that happiness, when you're happy, life works better for you. Now, I'm going to tell you that I'm not going to read all of them to you, but happier people, I'm going to tell you the ones that people really like are interested in mostly. They like all of them, but this study came from June Silney, um, and she is a doctorate who wrote an article, and people who are happy get sick less often, and here I am sick, right? I'm hardly ever sick. I'm going to blame it on the 6,000 people on the cruise ship and the hundreds of people on the airplane ride that I took with them. But anyway, I do really get sick. But happier people get sick less often because happier people tend to exercise and take their meds. That's why. They tend to want to be outside. They tend to want to be active. And they just want to be doing things. So that's really the main reason um, that happier people are sick less often and um, live longer. That's pretty cool. Um, another thing is having a positive attitude makes life just easier. Like happier people have more friends. They give more. They're more helpful. It just makes for an easier life. Happiness does. Because it doesn't drag you down as a person and you don't drag other people down. When you look at things in ways that are healthier. So that's other that's another thing about people and also gratitude. We're going to talk a whole lot about gratitude today. It's one of the fastest easiest ways to raise your happiness level. So we're going to look at that. Also, happier people actually are happy with what they have. Now that doesn't mean happy people don't want new things and other things, but they tend to appreciate more what they have. Like I would love to redo my home. That's not going to happen right now. But when I really straighten up and clean my house and I move things around, maybe even paint a little or just get one new little thing, it gives me great joy because I appreciate that I can see my home a little differently and that I have what I have. So it doesn't mean you don't aspire for more. It just means that we don't always want more stuff because you're going to get in that circle of always wanting more and never appreciating what you have. Happier people are more productive at work and more creative <coughs> Excuse me, because they're open to new ideas. 
They'll try new things. They don't judge, etc. And there's about 10 other things here. So with that being said, the last thing I'm going to say on general happiness is a couple of things that you could do. You don't have to implement all these things. Just think about doing one thing or doing part of something. First thing is make sure you're socializing with other people. Do you know that you're supposed to socialize six to seven hours a day, which you think is unimaginable, right? Well, guess what? It's not because you're socializing in the morning with family. You're socializing at work. You're socializing during lunch. You're socializing with family at home. You're talking to parents of your kids. You're talking to your kids. You're constantly socializing. So make sure that you're getting out there and you're connecting with people and that you're connecting with people who serve you well. You're connecting with people who are positive, who ha- who who want the best for you and can show that. Those are the people that you need to be around. The other thing is you might wonder, well, how many friendships do I need? Many people say if you have one good friend, if you, and it's true, if you have one best friend, you're very lucky, but you should also have a set of friends, five to 10 friends, don't worry if you don't have that many, that live within two miles. Those are people you could just go to do things with. If you like bowling, walking, reading, um, listening to music, going to concerts, whatever, you should have people you can call for the various things that you like to do. So if you only have one person, think about calling somebody else that has the same passion as you. And then you can boost your happiness level because you're getting out there. I will also just throw this in here. For every three negative interactions with a spouse, you better have one positive one. So for every three negative interactions you have with a spouse, you better have at least one positive. Or you could be headed down the path of a place you don't want to go called divorce court. So I just wanted to throw that out to you. Also a reminder that half of almost half of your happiness is up to you. So that's pretty cool. So what do happy people do? They trust easily. So basically you might be the type of person that says, I don't trust somebody until they give me a reason to trust them. Or you could be the kind of person that says, I trust people until they give me a reason not to. Being the latter is going to be more helpful. Trusting people first until they give you a reason not to. What's the worst that can happen? They break your heart. They screw over your friendship. Now, I understand trust when it comes to your life is a little different. But in general, if you're very lack, have lack of trust for everybody and everything, it is not going to make you happy. As a matter of fact, the happiest people, statistics say they trust. Also, this is a huge thing. Change. Oh, my goodness. Change is always going to happen. It's inevitable. It's there. It is here to stay. So the so you'll meet people who might be you who say, I hate, ha- I hate change. I almost said I hate happiness. Whoops. I hate change. I hate change more than anything. If you could just realize that everything in life changes and your attitude is it's an opportunity for you to open up your mind and see things differently, try things differently, take a deep breath. If we hang on to things, we cannot control other people and other things. We can only control ourselves. Life is about change and growth. Life is about doing new and exciting things. Sometimes something that you despise and you're sick that it's gonna change, when it does change, you you end up with a scenario that's better than what you had. Once you accept that change is going to happen and be cool with it, you're fine, okay?
Okay, so what I would say, <clears throat> what I would also say next is being non-judgmental. That is a really huge thing is being non-judgmental because we never know somebody's story and it's so important to know somebody's st story. Um, and that is because that is because judging people when we don't know them and even if we know them is definitely a problem because guess what? We have our issues too. Being human means that we're going to have flaws and so is everybody else. So be a little more gentler with other folks. Okay. That's kind of the key. That's kind of the key there. All you can do is live your own life. You can't live anybody else's. And I know that's hard with kids. I know it's hard with the people closest to you, but you could not live anybody else's life, but your own, you know, when I've had both my parents pass away and in both scenarios, I had to make a life-changing decision with my mom. But with my dad, um, he wasn't following doctor's orders. I did everything I could, talked to doctors, made phone calls, talked to him. And I realized I had to give it like the old college try. But in the end, my dad's life was his own. And he and I told I said he to everybody involved, <clears throat> he had the right, <clears throat> excuse me, he had the right to decide if he was going to take his medication or not. He didn't want to do it. And that caused him in the end to pass, but he didn't like the way he felt with it. He just didn't want to do it. And I realized that there was nothing more that I could do. It wasn't fun. It wasn't what I agreed with, but I knew all I could do was control me and do the best I could and just try to be with him. So we all have those really hard life decisions to make. So <clears throat> easier said than done, right? I hear you. I know. So that's a lot to take in. But you can do some of these things slowly, add a little bit to your repertoire, and really go from there. Okay, so now <clears throat> how do we bring more love into our life? That is a fair question. How do we bring more love into our life? Well, there's several things that we could do. I would like to read to you just a little excerpt from my book. I wrote a book called Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness. And I just want to read something small to you. We could get to the page here. It's called What Does It Mean to Be Happy? I'm just going to read this little, little bit. It says, for goodness sake, just have some fun. <laughs> We're supposed to take our journey with all the bumps and thrills going on simultaneously. If every experience was always wonderful, there would be no way to know what we wholeheartedly want. Enjoy every moment of the adventure, believing that there are always more fabulous times ahead. Because there are. My most sincere wish for you, kind reader, is that you allow yourself to accept and cherish your time here on this planet and that you let go of what you can't control knowing that life takes its course. You might as well be happy living it because frankly, the alternative sucks. Take lots of long, deep breaths, smile and laugh a lot. Have an extraordinary time, whether or not your partner is showing up or not. 
And this is my book's about finding relationships. So that's why you hear that. If you do these things, you'll have a better shot that you're that they will appear. But most of all, stay focused on putting love into the universe. In the end, nothing else will matter anyway. So the bottom line is like chill out, right? <laughs> we need to really chill out. So let's move on to how do we use this this newfound happiness and these these things that we can do to bring more love into our life. I want to tell you about something that I'm doing called Happy Big Love Day. And on this Sunday, February 11th, I have Happy Big Love Day coming. It is on Facebook Live. And it's 1.30 to 2 p.m. Eastern and 9 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So what happens is I have all these people that have written to me. And and I ask people out there, what are you grateful for? Tell me what you're grateful for and send a picture representing that. I had dozens and dozens of people write me and tell me what they're happy for. And what they're grateful for. And because the more gratitude and more positive interactions we have with the world, the more that will come back to us. Gratitude is love. Being grateful is loving. So the more you put out there, the more you get back. So on this day, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to have love experts on. And they're going to be writing things. I am going to um, be providing free resources to people on how to bring more love into your life. We're going to be discussing that. And I'm also going to um, be giving away Amazon gift cards to anybody who makes a comment about what they're grateful for. And we're just going to put that out there. And the reason I call it Happy Big Love Day is because, again, with Valentine's Day coming, I want love to be for everybody, not just for couples. So we're going to... For a half hour, twice, we're going to have these great discussions around love. And we're going to just have that gratitude going for 30 minutes each time. We're going to get resources. We're going to win prizes. We're going to talk to people. And it's going to be super fun. So um, make sure what all you need to do is go to Facebook and go to my um, business Facebook page called Happiness Hangout. Again, that's Happiness Hangout. Like the page. And then um, you can go to events and um, you can see Happy Big Love Day. Just um, say that you're going and in your note on Facebook notifications, you'll be reminded when the Facebook lives are both starting. And I'll post it after too, but it'd be more fun to have you with me. So that's Happy Big Love Day coming Sunday, February 11th, 1.30 to 2 p.m., 9 to 9.30 p.m., both Eastern time. Okie dokie. So... Let's talk a little bit more about this love thing. I hope you come to the event. I want to remind you that love isn't picky. (laughs) Love is about if you love your dog or cat more or you love your mom or dad more or your child or you love uh, other people more, a friend, that puts love out there. Love isn't picky. So when you're putting it out there, it comes back to you. That is why people are so attracted to people who have a loving, upbeat nature because people really crave that in their lives. So when you're putting it out there, if you're looking for a relationship, chances are you're going to match what you're attracted to and you're going to match to a partner who wants that badly in their life. 
So if they want that in their life, you got to put it out there so they know you're out there and they can be, they can attract to you and they can find you. So love more with anything. I will tell you that um, this happened for me when the day I actually realized putting more love out there would come back to me. And um, I couldn't believe it, that it really worked because it actually did happen. More people, not just, you know, love relationships, but more people in general seem to be more attracted to me and want to be around me. But those who didn't kind of faded away because they weren't in the headspace or the heart space, I should say, of happiness. So, you know, do you really want that kind of person in your life who is going to bring you down? You don't. So they kind of floated away and just the people I'm connected to more are the ones that really want that in their life because they know I, I put that out there. So the first thing you can do to get more love, be grateful. Oh my gosh, it is the easiest thing to do. Being grateful is unbelievable because it's so easy to do. So how can I be more grateful, you might ask? Well, when you're grateful, it releases endorphins and chemicals in your body that give you a natural high. It happens to the person doing it and it happens for the person receiving it. So do something easy. Again, I don't want happiness to be hard. I don't want putting more love out there to be hard. I want it to be easy and fun. So something you can do is if you like journaling, you can write three to five things that were wonderful for you today. Three to five things that are wonderful. Um, you write them down. Writing them down is more powerful than thinking them and saying them. Write them down. It could be the smallest thing. It could be things like, um, I don't feel well today, but I made it through my day successfully. Um, there were no major emergencies at work today. I had a really pleasant ride home and heard a song I really loved. Um, my significant other came over and we had a great hug. I mean, it can be anything big or small to be grateful for. Now, if you're in a real hurry, you can actually um, think those things, but it's much better to say them. And even better than that is to write them, physically writing them down. I'm bad at that, I got to tell you. But I'll tell you what I do. I do something I made up called a gratitude rant. And if I'm feeling bad, if something kind of like crappy happens, I will go on a gratitude rant. It happens often when I'm in the car for some reason. And I will begin thinking of everything I'm grateful for. And I will just let it go. I usually could think of 10, 15 things in like 15 seconds. It just goes, right? Nothing to it. So it goes and goes and goes and I just keep rolling. So um, once I do that, I have to tell you, I typically feel better because I'm reminded of the important things. I'm reminded of the good things. Um, it just is a better, it's, it puts me in a better headspace. So I'm having a challenge. That challenge seems more manageable. And oftentimes I'll think to myself, was I making a little bit more of a big deal than it needed to be? And that happens. And so oftentimes it is being made too big of a deal. And I'll have a solution kind of right there. Well, this is no big deal. I can handle this. When you're happier, challenges won't seem as hard because you won't sweat the small stuff as much. And you will realize that almost any challenge is manageable. So that's really cool. That's super cool to do. Uh, we love that. So um, that's one thing to do. 
Another thing that you could do, if I could go into gratitude more, is, oh, this one is, I could never do this one. Write down great things about people you don't like. Maybe I did do it one time. That is not easy to look at the good points of people you don't like. Oftentimes, we don't like somebody maybe because they're mirroring back something in us we don't like. Maybe they just, or maybe they just get under their skin. I find people that get on my nerves, I, I've noticed this to be true. People that get under my nerves personally are people that um, haven't solved issues that I have solved for myself, and I get impatient with that. Um, so I have to come to the realization that, uh-oh, wait a minute, you know what this is, Lori. This is this is you being impatient. So, you know, take a deep breath, walk away, try to be kinder, try to be more empathetic, whatever you need to be. But try that. If you can come up with things about people you don't like, boy, you're doing pretty darn good. So what else could we do? Write down or think about upcoming fun activities. Something we, we learn a lot, we teach a lot um, when we're talking to our clients in counseling is you need to have things to look forward to in life. Things that you love, your passions, things you're gonna do. Um, vacations are a great thing to look forward to, planning them, getting excited about them, preparing for them, mentally, physically, talking about the upcoming vacation, whatever it might be. It's a very, very good thing to do. So uh, I would rec highly recommend even if it's something small, like I live in the heartland of snow hell. So we just had another storm this week. I'm really going to chill. And I talked to my husband, like, let's go to a movie. Let's go to our favorite family tavern. Let's watch some college basketball, which we both like to do because our favorite football stuff is over. You got to have stuff to look forward to, especially if you're in weather you don't like. Um, that will help bring you up mentally. So write down stuff that's coming up for you. Also, fantasize about dreams that you have. What do you want out of life? Things that you want to do, things that you want to have, what you want for your life. Write them down. Think about them. Even put a little action to them if you can. But only take action on what feels right. I will tell you that. Um, because just doing action for the sake of doing action, I've learned the hard way, doesn't get you very far. So do, so do the things that you really, really love and have passion for. And think about them. Who cares if you get disappointed? If you do, you'll find something else. You have to have the faith in life that you'll find something else if you really are open-minded enough. Another thing that's really big I want you to think about are your strengths. A lot of people focus on their weaknesses. Focus on your strengths. Uh, I have a handout that I can just tell you about that's pretty cool. It's called Positive Experiences. Writing down things that we often forget are great about ourselves. I have, when I give um, my presentations, I use this Positive Experiences worksheet often. And there's about, oh, three, four, five, about nine things. And it says, briefly discuss or write down when you have displayed the following qualities. When have you displayed courage, kindness, selflessness, love, sacrifice, wisdom, happiness, and determination? 
think of one or two of those and write down. Remember that time I showed courage? Write it down. Remember that time I did that selfless act? And let me say something about being selfless. You can be too selfless to the detriment of your own being. The Cleveland Clinic now says that you have to have alone time and you have to have time to follow your passions. It's not just a luxury, it's a requirement. So being selfless is very nice, but don't forget, you have to give give love to your own self or you're never gonna be the mother, the father, the brother, the sister, the spouse that you aspire to be if you don't have alone time for yourself and to do the things that you love. But sure, being selfless is good for some of the time. When have you showed great wisdom? Write down, write that down. When have you showed great wisdom? Be proud of these things. When have you showed determination to get through something that you just had to get through? Maybe it was the death of someone. Maybe it was you had this dream of getting through college and you did it. And, and it was hard, but in the end, you knew you were going to do it because the payoff was so great. Right? So write down these things. They remind you of how good you are. Remember physically what's good about you. Do you have great eyes, great hair? Do, do you have a great physique? Do you have nice hands? Do you Remember those things because as a human, we all have strengths and we all have flaws. Concentrate on your strengths. And I say farm the flaws out. <laughs> I say like, if I can't do it, I'll pay someone else to unless I want to learn it. But, you know, there are flaws that we want to work on. We all have them. Accept it. It's normal. You can't be perfect. And if you're trying to be perfect, you are setting yourself up for a huge, huge failure. You just cannot do it. So accept that. Accept you have flaws. Accept you're not perfect. And concentrate on your strengths and get out there and put your best out to the world. I'd like to read you a little bit about gratitude that I've written. Hopefully it helps you. And I am just going to my book, Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness. I have part of a chapter saying gratitude is life-changing. I say here there's nothing easier to incorporate in your life than gratitude. There is much research about what it can do for your well-being and how it can change your life in the most incredible ways. I use it daily. If something is going off the rails, I immediately think about, or better yet, write down everything I can think of at the moment for which I am grateful. My attitude instantly shifts to a much better place. When I'm in that positive space, life takes a turn for the more pleasant, and I go on having a better day. There are even times when I'm upset at someone, and I remember all the good things they bring to my life. I use it with wonderful people who may have just aggravated me momentarily. <clears throat> people who hurt me tend to fall out of my world eventually, so there's no need for me to deal with them. I still thank them for the lessons they've taught me. Showing gratitude brings on a mindset shift. If you are looking to get into a relationship, improve a current one, or get over a former love, use this, using this gift will help you have a better life overall. Not only will your day-to-day -day life improve, but your relationships with everyone will also be better. When you are reminded of the good and you focus on it, people pick up on that from your general demeanor. It's not only attractive to partners, it also shows itself to all who are part of your life. Best of all, it makes you feel like a million bucks. And who doesn't want that? Whenever I was in a quandary about a relationship issue, I created a gratitude list and said it out loud while I was driving. 
Sometimes it was about the guy. Other times it was more broad. Over time, my general openness to the truth allowed me to make the decision that honored me. If a relationship was over, it may have not been easy, but when I looked, no matter how nice he could be, how handsome he was, or how much I loved his many positive qualities, I knew he wasn't able to support my soul. Although I often cried for a long time, letting go of him allowed my beloved to arrive. So I hope that that made you feel a little bit better. So using gratitude is key. So what else can we do to bring more love to our life? This is huge. This is something people don't do. I'm going to say it here. It's life changing. Celebrate your successes, no matter how small they are. Celebrate your successes. How often, you know how a boss, what a boss said to me one time? He said, you don't just not stop and smell the roses, you run right past the roses. That hit me and I never forgot that. Meaning I was so focused in my work, so linear about my thinking that I wasn't open to what creative potential ideas and things that could have been hitting my radar screen. But because I was so focused on that very thing I was doing, not allowing the creativity to come out. So celebrate your successes. You have a good day at work? Celebrate. (laughs) You did a, you, you know, you had a project to completion? Celebrate it. You have a kid in your life who you finally got them to listen to one thing that you're saying? Think about it. Celebrate it. Those little moments will make your daily life happier. They will make you a more loving person, whatever it might be. Uh, Let's say that, um, let me think of some of the little things I've celebrated. Because I've had a lot of big celebrations this past year. I got married for the first time at 53 years old. So that was a huge celebration. I went on my honeymoon. I wrote and published my book. I've had great accolades from it, done a lot of great things. So I've had a really big six months but I never forget to celebrate the small successes. Like when I get an article published in a magazine, what a great success that is. And I get so excited about it, it just uplifts my day. Or, you know, I do dating coaching. So when I see the light bulb go off for somebody, or I talk to somebody and I see some kind of breakthrough or something they get excited about or a revelation they've had, it makes me so happy that I facilitated them to have their own revelation. Excuse me. So celebrate what you might think is small. I say so often we forget to celebrate what we've been waiting for our entire lives. I overcame getting in my own way. I allowed myself to love me, me with all my flaws and challenges, me who is unique and an admirable person, me who now has compassion, love and light to offer back to the world. Congratulations to me. You did it, girl. So, you know. I just, I, I celebrate me. I mean, all day long, you do good things. Remember them. Sit in that for a minute. So those endorphins can go off. Something else you can do is be complimentary to other people, which is really cool. Complimenting other people will truly help you feel better about yourself. Now, don't fake it. If somebody, you know, they say that men don't get complimented very often. So when I see a man wearing a color shirt I like or a tie, I tell him. If I see, especially a woman, if I really like admire something about her, I'll say something. Because you don't know what that person's going through that day. 
and it uplifts you and it uplifts them. So throw out a compliment. It will make you both feel better. The other two topics that will help put more love out there is positive self-talk and positive love, self-love. Such a big, huge deal. I mean, you cannot even imagine. I will say to you what I say to everybody I work with. If you're saying bad things to yourself, if you are a person who negatively self-talks to yourself, negative self-talk, in other words, gently stop yourself. If you need to see a visual, you can see that Staples button that says that was easy. You can have it go off in your head, like just stop gently and forget that thought. Move on to something more positive. I used to be a negative self-talker. I I would go as far to tell you that I probably, I might get through three words of negative self-talk and I stop myself. I, I, I hardly ever do it anymore. You can get out of it. You just have to keep replacing what you're saying to yourself with something better. Self-love is huge. If you have self-esteem issues, that may take some discussion and some work. I would recommend if you have self-esteem issues to talk to a therapist or a coach. Read books that will really help you in that area to raise your self-esteem level. Putting love out there will naturally help you feel better about who you are because when you're loving you automatically feel better about you but if you're having really hardcore issues things have happened to you in your life that have really dragged you down you owe it to yourself to self-learn or get some help because you cannot put your best self out there if you want a loving partner or you just want to put love out there you cannot be your best self with low self-esteem you're going to attract people with the same issues, or you're going to attract somebody that will overtake you because they know they can. So you've got to get yourself in the best position position that you can be in. A couple more things that I would love to read to you about those two areas of self-talk, self-love, etc. From Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness, throw this out at you. If you have the book, I'm on page 126. I have this part, it says it all starts with you. I say, listen, friends, I know you've heard this before, but I cannot emphasize this enough. You must like yourself before any relationship can flourish for you. Let me say that again. You must like yourself before any relationship can flourish for you. I know stunning women can get guys, even if they're a hot mess. Yet I do believe that it does catch up with them eventually. To know if you're ready for a partner, think about a few things. How do you talk to yourself? Healthy self-talk means giving yourself a break when you screw up. We're all human and it's okay to let go and forgive. If you constantly berate your inside or outside for that matter, stop it. If you say words like, you're such an idiot, I can't believe I did that. Nothing ever works out for me. You will not only insist they are true, but this talk will also eat away at your self-confidence. If you even had any in the first place. Catch yourself the minute you do it and gently press the off button. Just relax and let it go because it doesn't serve you in any way. No one says this is easy, but it's crucial. How's your self-esteem? I'll tell you how you know if it's good. Do you laugh at your mistakes? Are you careful not to take criticism too much to heart? Can you let it go if someone makes negative comments about you or your work? That's a toughie for me. If you're a bit of a jerk, then maybe you have some work to do on yourself. However, if you're a decent human being, 
then that's all the world can expect from you. You're only human. You are not supposed to be perfect. If you're obsessing over your looks, your weight, your significant other, or anything else, there is a problem. Understand that if you don't get this straightened out, you will not be able to establish the basis of a good relationship. You need to come to the table with your best mental self to even have a chance to succeed. Remember, as two people progress in a relationship, you both will begin to let your guard down and show your truer self. As your individuality comes forth, your flaws will appear, and the same will happen with your partner. When we give ourselves a break, we typically do the same for other people. This is necessary if a partnership is going to work. And there's lots more about self-love in there, but you got to do it, people. The small stuff just doesn't matter. So what I would like to wrap up with is to remember that you can only control yourself, not everything else in the world. You got to relax a little bit more, take challenges, and really realize, are they the worst thing in the world? Is this the worst thing that will ever happen to me? Can I, I can have faith that you can get through it. If you are, um, I will tell you about a couple little things. I did mention to you Happy Big Love Day. So make sure you go to my Facebook page on Happiness Hangout and go to Happy Big Love Day. It's an event. And hit that you're going and look in your notifications for this Sunday, 1.30 to 2 Eastern and 9 to 9.30. I'll be on Facebook Live. Say you're going and you'll get notified in your notifications. And you can jump on Facebook Live with me and we'll have a lot of fun. Also, if you're looking um, for a dating coach, I do have those services. Just go to kickstartlove.com, kickstartlove.com. I typically coach women in the dating world who are 35 and up, but if we're a fit, I don't care how old you are, who you are, man, woman, whoever, if we're a good fit together, I'm happy to work with anyone. I just specialize in uh, women's issues, 35 and older. So go to kickstartlove.com and just hit coaching. Lastly, if you live in the Cleveland area, we have a great event coming Thursday night called Date Smart. We're going to be having an expert uh, panel of experts talk about dating for people from 25 to 49, um, but others can come. So if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area, just go to Facebook, go to kickstartlove.com um, and look at dates, or you can just go to kickstartlove.com, hit events, and you'll see it there. If you'd like to get my book, Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness, you can go on Amazon, and it is in paperback and Kindle. I'd love for you to have it. Um, if you go to happinesshangout.net, you can see it all there. And sign up for my uh, bi-monthly newsletter, and you will get all kinds of free cool stuff, like my gratitude doc that you can um, see all you can do for gratitude. And the first chapter of my book is also free. So that's pretty cool. And um, you can read about all the resources and stuff you get over. And if you forget everything, you can always go to happinesshangout.net and everything is there. So I have really enjoyed this time with you. I do hope to see you at Happy Big Love Day on Facebook Live. Go to my Facebook page, Happiness Hangout, check it out. I'd really like to uh, conversate with you more and love to hear what you think about this. So the show is live, but it'll also be out there again. I will put it out through social media. And it will be on um, iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. So thanks again. This is Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout. I hope that you have a wonderful night. And we will see you in Wednesday in two weeks. Thanks again. Have a great night. Hi, this is your host, Lori. Want to get more happiness? 
Check out all the free readings, activities, and my blog at my website. Want to learn how to deal with life's challenges from your positive core? Check out Empowering Yourself to Happiness class, done totally online. You can find it all at www.happinesshangout.net. www.happinesshangout.net. Come explore and feel better wherever you are. This is Lori Peters with the Happiness Hangout. I provide presentations on happiness and well-being to businesses, schools, and anyone involved in wellness and professional days. Check out tons of free resources and activities also at my website, www.happinesshangout.net. Feel better wherever you are. Help us grow the Happiness Hangout Show. Become a sponsor. Businesses and nonprofits get your info out there to thousands of my listeners all over the world for just pennies. Individuals can also sponsor one or more shows, and you get a shout out to your favorite charity. Several packages available. Come see what you get and put out there what's important to you. Go to www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net for more information.